now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Thanks for joining. Uh, we're bringing you yet another episode of information, tips, things you need to know about your home here on CFAX. Love being here, and I love bringing this show to you every week. It's a new year. Happy New Year to everyone. Got a great episode today talking about property assessments. But now, as a reminder, our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager, Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. And I can help you too, by the way. I've been selling real estate here in Great Victoria for coming on 29 years in a few weeks' time. It'll be 29 years. Feels like just yesterday. Uh, I am a rare, born and raised Victorian. I've never left here. I love our town. I'm a huge community supporter. And in my time, I've helped hundreds of people with their real estate purchases or sale. I could help you as well, too. If you're looking for another uh, secondary um, opinion or want to talk about real estate, I'd be happy to talk to you. You can find all of our contact information on our page on the CFAX 1070 webpage, cfax1070.com. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show. With me, Tony Joe, we would love to help you. You could also visit my business websites, the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca. As I mentioned, it's the new year. You'll have your property assessments in your mailbox. Merry Christmas. Uh, now, is your assessment up or is it down? I guess that kind of determines if it's good news or not. And also depends on where you're at in the grand scheme of things. If you're thinking of buying or selling or re- refinancing or thinking of doing nothing. What does it all mean? Guests today are appraiser Amanda Mills, mortgage broker Denise Webster, and Peter Morris, author of How to Successfully Appeal Your BC Property Assessment. And for those of you who've been listening to us since day one, you'll probably remember these guys were my first guests many episodes ago, and I have them back every year this time of year just to talk about the assessment process. And we do this because we want to give you a little refresher as to what the assessment really means and how it could affect you. It's going to be a great episode um, if you are, by the way, um, if you're a podcast listener, you can also always find us. You can find our prior episodes. There's about 140 of them. Go to iTunes or Google Play. You can download and listen to all of our episodes uh, at your leisure. We always, though, start with our weekly listener question. If you've got a question uh, or if you've got a story to tell us about real estate, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us. The number is 250-414-6540. That's 250 250-414- 6540 and leave a message. Tell us your story. Uh, and if you like, leave your phone number as well, too, so I can follow up with you. Uh, or you can, again, follow, uh, find us online, cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. Now, listen, since it's the start of a new year, I want to give you an overview of the state of real estate in Victoria. So instead of responding to one of our listener questions, we'll do that again next week. Um, you probably want to know what happened and what 2019 looked like in the grand scheme of things. And I'm here to tell you. Well, first of all, <clears throat> I've put together a, a report. 
uh, including all of the data of the sales and inventory and other details on uh, the real estate market here on our link. I'm going to put it on the CFAX uh, um, page of the, for, the, for the whole home show. Sorry, uh, stumbling a little bit there. Uh, or you can visit our page, which is Prime Team. So that's primeteam.ca slash stats. Uh, 2019 market report. So uh, again, let's just step back. It is primeteam.ca slash 2019 market report, all one word. So primeteam.ca slash 2019 market report. Uh, great information there. So what does it have? First of all, let's talk about the number of sales that happened in the region in 2019. We exceeded 2018. So 2018 had 7,150 sales. We had 7,200 or so uh, in 2019. What does that mean, though? Well, listen, there's been a lot of stories about the slowdown in real estate and how things aren't the way it used to be. That is absolutely correct. But it is comparing it to when we were a white-hot marketplace. When you look at the years 2015, 2016, 2017, sales were a lot higher, 8,300, 9,000. 10,600. That was the highest, by the way, we've had ever in Greater Victoria. I have uh, information here going all the way back to 1980, sorry, 1990. So uh, many, many years worth of data. I'm looking at all of the stats here. <clears throat> 10,600 was the highest. By the way, it was also high in 1991. That is the year that I started real estate with 9,200 sales. So 1991, 2016, those were the two record years. Now, where does 7,200 put us in the grand scheme of things? It puts us really high still. I mean, when you look at the last 10 years, I'm looking at the list here right now, the numbers were 5,900, 5,700, 5,900, 6,000, 6,500, 6,700, 6,800, and now 7,200. So really, in the last nine years, uh, it is right up there. It's the fourth highest year in uh, those those nine years. What does that tell us? The market hasn't slowed down. In fact, it's only slowed down compared to the peak of 2016. There are still people out there wanting to move and wanting to buy real estate. All this despite government intervention. The government has added a number of things like the British Columbia Speculation and Vacancy Tax, the British Columbia Foreign Buyer Tax that was meant to curb demand and to slow things down. May have done so in other marketplaces. We know as a fact that it did so in Vancouver when these taxes were implemented. It slowed their market down. Let's not forget they have a very expensive market. They have a market that is almost reliant on international investment. Now, What's happened since then? Even Vancouver. Vancouver had an increase uh, in a month of 40% uh, in sales. So what they're doing is they're just going back to their normal marketplace. Um, and I guess what I'm saying here is things are busy. This is, the, uh, this is British Columbia. This is the lower mainland in Vancouver Island. This is a place where everyone wants to be. And as a result, I hate to tell you this, anyone here who's holding off, hoping that the market is going to drop, hoping that prices are going to drop, 
Uh, I've been saying this message for years. Anyone who's been listening to this show for three years or listening to me on YouTube for the past 10 years uh, or following anything that I've done, I have been saying, and, and uh, you know, I don't want to say that I am the oracle and I know the future because I sure as heck don't, but there's, it's, there's enough information out there, and considering we are people with boots on the ground, we see consumers, we talk to people, we talk to home sellers, we know where their minds are at. I got to tell you, there is not the demand, uh, or uh, actually demand is not the right word, there is not the pattern here of uh, any sort of diminishing market on a um, major scale. I've been at this now for 29 years. I have seen three cycles of markets soften, come back up. I've seen periods of time where nothing happened. 1993, 94, 95, it was flat for a good five years, right? And I've also seen, um, most recently, 2008, the year I was the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board. At the end of 2008 and the beginning of 2009, the market dropped. You guys all remember that? That was related to the British, uh, sorry, the uh, U.S. subprime mortgage crisis. But then what happened? The market uh, exploded, went back up again in 2010. And the reason why is because we're Victoria. You think about it. How many people do you know here are actually born and raised and never left? Everyone here comes from another place. And usually people choose to come to Victoria. Uh, I use Winnipeg as an example all the time. Sorry, my Winnipeg friends. I think very few people actually choose to go to Winnipeg. I mean, if there was a job waiting there where the pay was fantastic, of course, cost of living is lower, maybe that's an option. Chances are, though, you're going to want to come back to Victoria because, again, this is where people want to be. Let's talk about prices, too. And, again, prices haven't changed. One thing that I forgot to mention last month, um, the month of November, the average sale price for a detached single-family home was $938,000. Not a lot of talk about that, except for the fact that that was the highest average price we, we have recorded. And again, this is supposedly in a marketplace that is slowing down or uh, flattening out. They're still high. It's still an expensive place to be. We are never going to change being the third most expensive real estate in Canada. It's where we are, and it's who we are. And I think that next, so this year, sorry, 2010, we're going to end up uh, again, having a more normal, uh, more um, uh, predictable year. There's not going to be any surprises. Still a good time to buy or sell, depending on where your life demands. Uh, listen, we need to take a quick break here. Uh, but before we do, I'm re I want to remind you, go to primeteam.ca slash 2019 market report. All of our information that I just reviewed with you is right there. And we'll be coming back talking about property assessments. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having this conversation that we'd like to have every year about this time of year. Uh, in fact, our guest today, believe it or not, for the first, first guest we've ever had, it was, a, it was uh, the inaugural program of The Whole Home Show. Actually, before it was even called The Whole Home Show. Uh, and it's, it's a bit of a tradition here at uh, The Whole Home Show. I love having these guys on because there's lots of great information, especially, like I said, this time of year because your property assessments have shown up in the mail. And one of the big questions that you're going to have is, holy cow, is that what my house is really worth? Sometimes you might even be thinking, you know, maybe I should sell my house because if that's what the assessment says, maybe I should sell now. Well, let's find out. Let's get to the truth of what that number really means. And with us right now is Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group. Amanda, thank you for coming back. Hi, Tony. Good to be here. It yeah. is a tradition. It is a tradition. It's, like I said, you um, you and the others were uh, our, our absolute first guest. 
and uh, it really it means a lot to me. Um, so much great information, though. So, uh, background: you are an appraiser. Tell us what a property appraiser does. Property appraiser tries to estimate a value of a property given a certain date, and normally it's you're dealing with current value because you're probably doing it for financing purposes. Someone's buying a house and the bank needs to know what the collateral is worth in order to raise, give them a mortgage. Mm -hmm. So that's the primary reason for doing it. We also do historical appraisals. So somebody dies, for instance, and it's for probate purposes. So the courts need to establish the value as of the date of death. Yeah, which could have been like a year ago could or something. Could have been something. a year ago, could have been three weeks previously. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it just depends. So you do your research to see what the market was doing at that particular time. Yeah. So uh, how do you determine? How do you how do you find a value? How do you determine that? Oh, this is always a tricky thing. I was a realtor previously, and I thought going into the appraisal business, you'd find really scientific answers, and you don't. What you're doing, though, basically, is you're looking for comparable sales. So you're, you're given the subject property, and then you're going to look in the neighborhood to find something that would replace that one or be a substitute for that one. In other words, what the market would regard as a competition to the property you're appraising. So in depends on the type of market we're in. If it's a busy market um, and you have a lot of transactions, then you have a good selection of sales. However, if the market's slower and you don't have a lot of sales, you have to dig a little deeper. Or a very specific property. Or a very specific property. And Victoria is a unique market because we don't have cookie-cutter subdivisions, really. Oh, yeah, like Calgary. Right, yeah. right. Tracked subdivisions where everything is the same. Yeah. Um, so virtually in all our established neighborhoods, you have very individual properties. And it's hard to find a, a re really, really good comparable sale. So you just have to go into the mind of the buyer and say, well, what would they be looking for? If they're looking for this house, what would be another one they'd be looking for or looking at and considering? And with that in mind, if you're thinking from the mindset of the buyer, then you must also kind of figure, does this attribute or feature in the house add value to a buyer or or detract from it, right? Very good. Yes. Swimming pools. Ah. <laughs> See, some people really want a swimming pool. Absolutely. But I'd say 99% of other people do not, right? Yep. And yeah. it's changed over the years I've been in the business. Uh, a long time ago, a swimming pool killed a deal. Mm -hmm. The buyer did not want a swimming pool. It's maintenance, it's safety, it's all, all of these the, other things. All of the above. Yeah. And the owner was not willing to spend the money to fill it in. Uh -huh. In the end, my buyer bought something else without a pool, and the seller who had that swimming pool did fill it in yeah. because the market was resistant to it. Yeah. Today it might be a little different. A lot of people are uh, a lot more conscious of being fit, and having a lap pool on site might be a much more intriguing uh, benefit. Well, actually, as we're on the topic of swimming pools, and we've had the swimming pool guys on the show here before, uh, I, there was a point in time, I'm going to say it was like 20 years ago, where I remember saying, I've only seen three houses in Victoria that have pools, and then now they're, they're way more common. I see at least that every year, right? Yes, I'm seeing that also, yeah. certainly in the upper end of market. Uh -huh. Um, upper-end priced houses are having swimming pools put in, yes. Yeah, but I guess we're, we're, we're just going back to where we were talking, uh, having a pool does not necessarily mean that the property is worth another $150,000, $200,000. It's what it costs to put in nowadays, I know. right? I know, yeah. Um, so uh, it depends on the buyer, right? Absolutely. Okay. And that's a tough thing to say to a house seller, that um, you've done all of this work in your house and you've customized it for your own purposes, 
and it's not necessarily going to appeal to everybody, mm -hmm. and I don't think you're going to get your full cost out of it. Yeah. And that's a hard measure to take. For sure, for sure. Uh, now, something that I have, I've never heard this one before, but I, I had heard it recently. Uh, somebody was saying, oh, the, the property assessment, uh, how they figured out what my house is worth is comparing it to other assessments in the surrounding neighborhood. And that, that threw me back because I'm like, no. They, they, um, the assessment authority and you, the appraisal uh, community, you get your data from a, from a certain place. Where do you get your data from? Well, we get our data from the assessment yep. authority. Um, the, there's the eValueBC e site, okay. um, but also through the MLS board. Yeah. We're, we're members of the real estate board, and that's where most of our data comes from. Private data, that's a little more difficult. Um, if, you, if you're appraising a house on the street and the seller says, oh, well, the house 10 doors down sold a year ago, um, and it wasn't. It was a private sale. You try and find that data, but it's uh, it's more difficult. So we're reliant on assessment information and the real estate board. Yeah, and that's what I was getting to because I, I was explaining that it's not solely the assessment data that values are are derived from. A, a big part is the data that we collect, uh, the real estate community, because the MLS system, as much as people enjoy it, you know, by going to realtor.ca and having a look at what's for sale and everything, the true value of the data is the fact that we record what property sold for, uh, how long they took to sell, um, other things too, like list price to sell price, list price to assessed value, sale price to assessed value, uh, and even ones that didn't sell. Yeah, that's invaluable information, yeah. hence why we're associate members of the Real Estate Board. For sure. We need that data. Yeah, absolutely. And then the data is really important. People forget about that. They just think that we're, we're a marketing uh, uh, system, and we're not. We collect data. Mm -hmm. We have done it for years. The government gets their data from us. The assessment authority gets their data from us. Yeah, so right. it's kind of in a roundabout way, you know, we're, we're a key part here. Um, so when people then say to you as a property appraiser, they go, well, I was assessed at, uh, let's just throw a figure around here, you know, $800,000. Can you make my appraisal $800,000 then? Right. That's the trick. Uh, it's not a trick either. Yeah. So here we are, January 2020. The assessments have just come out, but they were pegging property values as of July 2019. Six months ago. Six months ago. Yeah. And a lot can happen in that intervening period of time. Um, so... We don't rely on the assessed value. We look, we're aware of it. We, we record it, definitely. But we're much more um, conscious of being current in our values. So we're looking at about a 30-day to 50-day exposure period or sale period. Yeah. We're not going back six months yeah. if we can avoid because it. Because things change. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Markets aren't static. They're going either up or down. Yeah. Well, which is another thing. I mean, you mentioned that story about uh, someone saying, oh, my neighbor sold privately. Um, it's funny because when you have that conversation, you go, oh, when did that happen? Oh, it was two years ago. Yes, precisely. Yeah. It was just the other day. Yes. It's, it's too far. Like, it, that's data yeah. that is not helpful at all yeah. because things could have changed in the meantime, right? And the banks need more up-to-date information. So if you've done an appraisal, say, six months ago or eight months ago, very often the bank needs an update. They can't rely on that value. Mm -hmm. And that's a question that homeowners often ask us. They're going to market their house, say, in eight months. They want to know what the appraisal... What, what it's going to be at that point? Yes, and I oh say I can't God. forecast. It <laughs> makes much more sense yeah. to call me closer to the time, yeah. and then we can capture a current picture. 
Yeah, we can't ask that question too. But wouldn't it be something if you had that power though? Oh, it'd be very helpful. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, but but again, people need to understand it's because things can change between now and eight months from now. Yes, absolutely. You know, market conditions, you know, other inventory out there, competition. Um, maybe one of their neighbors will, or a few of their neighbors will sell at rock bottom prices. It'll affect them, right? Everyone has a different motivation, and that's another factor be behind selling prices. Yeah. We're often calling realtors to find out what was the circumstance of that particular sale. It seems to be a little odd. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it was way below the list price or maybe even above. Yeah. In hot markets, it's very often above the list price. So I speak to realtors, my best friends, and say, what were the circumstances? How many buyers were there? How many bids were there on this property? Yeah, you're sleuthing. You, you're like a detective. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Amanda, thanks for coming back. If people need to reach you for a property appraisal. They can call 727-0222, yeah. Amanda Mills at Shaw.ca. Amanda Mills at Shaw.ca. That's area code 250 250 Zero two two two. Great. Thanks again, uh, Amanda. Thanks, Tony. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be uh, picking up our conversation in a moment about your property assessment. Back in a moment. Now, the whole home show with Tony Joe on CFAX ten seventy. Thanks for coming back. This is the whole the whole home show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners: Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Centers Modern Mortgage Group. Carrie Augustini, Insurance Manager, Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance. The Sitka Law Group, for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. And Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. And even better for you today, we have with you right now one of our Whole Home Show sponsors, Denise Webster. Denise, as I just mentioned a moment ago, is a mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group and no stranger to the show. She's on quite regular. Thanks for coming back, Denise. Thanks, Tony. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you, too. Can you believe it? No, it went very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not only that, I had mentioned a moment ago with uh, Amanda, this is like a reunion show because today's three guests, yourself, Amanda, and Peter, who we'll have on uh, shortly, you guys were my first guests. And we're entering season four right now. So that's kind of saying something. It is. It's a good annual event. It is. It is. All right. So uh, we were talking about appraisal with Amanda a moment ago and the um, importance of valuation, right? Uh, now, from the mortgage standpoint, uh, of course, you take care of people when they want to buy a property or when they want to refinance their property. Um, why does the bank need to know the value of the property? Well, Amanda mentioned it. That, I mean, they're securing their uh, their mortgage against that collateral, so they'd want to know that it has been either sold or um, valued at a fair market value that is supported in that time of the market. Um, you know, their their ratios of lending are based on that value. So, for instance, yeah, you know, you cannot refinance a property for more than 80% uh, of the current market value. You have to leave 20% equity in the home if you're going to refinance your property. So that's very key uh, value for lenders to know what the maximum mortgage could be. And the reason why they would have an appraiser like Amanda go buy the house is because it would be too easy for, like, if I owned a house that was, say, $600,000, and I said, I want to refinance, uh, let's fudge the numbers. You know, let's tell the bank that it's an $800,000 house, so that way I can I can pull up more money. So this kind of 
prevents that, right? Absolutely. And it's something I I really have to um, be aware of, you know, when we're working through the numbers on something like a refinance. um, Quite often, the homeowner does think their home may be valued higher than it is. Uh, They love to give an opinion of the the home. And quite often, they may have a comparable of something that sold down the street. But again, until you find out that date of the sale, you you, you really don't know if that's the true value. So uh, really, to not even waste my 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 clients time as well i usually do involve an appraiser quite early on uh, to just say are we in the ballpark because if the client does need to go right to that 80 percent to pull the equity and everything is relying on that you sure don't want to push forward if we're way off track with that market value and typically almost every lender is going to require a um, an appraisal for a refinance okay uh, I'm guessing here, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm guessing that occasionally people might get themselves in a financial bind and they start doing the math about how much money they need, like to pay off credit cards, debt, loans, and all that stuff. And they start working the math backwards and then go, well, if I, if I was able to show that my house was worth a million dollars, then I could this could help me. Does that happen? You're bang on, Tony, okay. for sure. Yeah. And those are the numbers we're usually doing is, uh, you know, there was maybe a loan payment they wanted to pay back, uh, or it is some credit card and line of credit debt that they're looking to pay off. And in order to qualify, they need to pay off that debt. So if one of those debts it doesn't get included in the full mortgage because we've re- we've fallen short on the value, then they may actually not qualify to refinance. Yeah. Yeah. And I, w- the point that I'm getting to there is, the value of your house isn't reliant on how much money you need. No, not at all. Right? You no. Know. It's 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 what the market bears. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, again, the the process with the bank. So when you're going through a file and the bank says this buyer looks interesting, uh, the next step is they got to figure out, like you said, the value of the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, some people they'll say, well, why can't we just get a realtor? Why can't we just get our realtor to give us a, a value and, and uh, why won't the bank accept that? Well, they're not certified like the appraisers in, uh-huh. in really. I mean, they don't have the credentials uh, and it's very specific what the lenders are asking for of the appraiser. And the appraiser knows the parameters of the lenders as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... Um, no, you know, right away, I will just immediately sit let the borrower and the client know we have to go through an appraiser. <clears throat> yeah. And, and the other thing too is, uh, is a question of bias, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, of course. As appraisers, uh, Amanda, <coughs> you guys are, are unbiased, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, the, the reality is with the realtors, but I'm a realtor, right? Um, what's the realtor's position in that relationship? You know, are they related to the consumer? Are they, you know, are they trying to help in a way that they shouldn't be? A realtor is very, very helpful in that original assessment that we kind of need to get a ballpark to know, like, should we even try to proceed? So if the client does have a relationship with a realtor that's, you know, very aware of that current market and in that area, I for sure would ask my client to reach out to the realtor and say, you know, before we go down this road, are we in the ballpark of well, making this work? That's if you want to know if it's an 800 or a 900. Correct. Right? But yeah, a big gap. But to fine-tune it, you, mm-hmm. you need that Absolutely. That data. We have to go through an appraiser. Okay. Now, uh, because we've been talking about, uh, Amanda, and appraisals, we're talking about assessments today. How much is the, how much is the uh, application reliant on the assessment of the property? 
Uh, it isn't. It's a great starting point. Just like Amanda said, it's it, it for me, I will look at the assessment right away because we've already started to look at the numbers. And if the assessment is much, much lower than what we even thought we needed, uh, that's a bit of a red flag for me. Uh, you know, in my history in, in the last 10 years, we've always seen market appraisals come in a little bit higher than the assessment. But every once in a while, you can be surprised because it might be just a pocket of the area in Victoria or in BC where, uh, you know, the assessments are over the value. It's rare, yeah. really, because we live in such a beautiful market. Um, but uh, no, I cannot rely heavily on the assessment. Again, I'll always go back to we we have to have the appraisal, but it is a great starting point. Well, and, and piping Amanda here too, we see so many examples. I mean, there's no correlation because especially nowadays, houses have been selling for below assessed value. And then you see the occasional ones where the assessed value is so low. Like for instance, a $720,000 assessment on a house that sold for a million dollars, right? Right. So you know that the assessors have not been inside that house. Yes. And that's the key. Yeah. It's a mass assessment, a mass valuation. Yeah. And in cases like that, too, usually the house hasn't changed hands for many years, and all the assessment authority has done is they've just applied the math over years, and it doesn't factor in things like uh, improvements. Uh, you know, the condition of the house, other attributes and things like that. Right, right? yeah. And it's yeah. funny, you, yeah, that's exactly, a, a, that's a question I have to ask my, my clients as well. Have you made some significant uh, improvements to the property since you've owned it? Because BC Assessment is not aware of that. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of step back and they say, oh, well, it's probably a good thing BC Assessment doesn't know that because... Then your taxes about, are Yeah, lower, exactly. Right? So that's yeah. something we'll get Peter to talk on as well. But yeah. um, that assessed value, it's funny, you know, when the, which, which, they, which way they want it low when they are purchasing yeah. high when they're selling yeah, yeah. oh for sure for yeah. sure yeah so that and that i guess what we're getting to here is how applicable is the assessed value relating to you as a consumer um either when you're living in the house getting it refinanced or thinking of buying or selling mm -hmm. and um at the end of the day i think the message we want to convey to listeners is you both said it the assessment is a starting point but it is not it is not the the current and market all, value, right? not at all. Uh, and it's funny because you see uh, agents marketing oh, priced below assessed value, right? So Amanda, when you read that, what 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 does that make you think about? It's it's just a come on, I think. <laughs> yes. Basically, <laughs> yeah. um, it just alerts me to the fact that I better look at the what the assessed value is and look at the market mm -hmm. and compare the two. Yeah. Basically, the bottom line is it means nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Thank you both for coming online again. Uh, Denise, remind listeners how they can get in touch with you. Uh, call me directly on my cell at 250-889-4743 or send me an email to denise at denisewebster.com. Great. And, of course, people can always Google you. They Denise can. Webster, and your contact information is on our page on the CFAX uh, website. Yeah. And, Amanda, uh, remind us, too, if people need to get in touch with an appraiser. Wonderful. Amanda Mills at shaw.ca. 250-727-0222. Great. Well, thanks again for coming. We're going to put you guys again uh, down for this time next year. Excellent. Right? It's our annual tradition. Um, but, of course, Peter's always got some great things to say. So we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll be talking uh, on the phone with Peter Morris. Back in a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about property assessments. Of course, it's the new year. 
you've probably received your property assessment in the mail. You're looking at, you open it up. It's like another Christmas. It's the post-Christmas Christmas. What's my property worth? Oh, my goodness. Last year for 2019, there was a, a surprise where everyone's went up a lot, quite a bit, uh, which is either a Christmas present or not, depending on where you're coming from. We just uh, earlier were speaking with our guest, Denise Webster, about mortgage mortgages and appraisals and evaluation based on people's refinances and when they're purchasing a property. Also spoke earlier with Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group about the relevance of appraisals and uh, that compared to assessed values. Right now, we have on the line our third guest, who again uh, was another one of our inaugural guests, our very first guest uh, way back in the day, 140 or so episodes ago, uh, three or so years ago. It's Peter Morris. He's with Greenstead Consulting. Uh, He's over in Vancouver. Peter, thanks for joining us yet again. It is my pleasure as always. All right. Um, So here's a conversation that we love having. But actually, we should pre-frame this by talking about your book. So you wrote a book some time ago. It's called How to Successfully Appeal Your Property Assessment, right? That is correct. And it's specifically geared to the residential homeowner. Great. Okay. So um, property assessments, you know, we were chatting with Denise and Amanda earlier about what that number really represents. Um, is it a true assessment of the value of your property? As of today, no. Okay. Because the BC Assessment Authority pegs the value of the property as at July 1 of the preceding year. So what we're talking about today, when you look at your BC assessment, is the value of the property July 1, 2019. Well, of course, a lot of things happen over the next uh, six months. Yeah. Like, we don't know about what's going to happen between now and six months from now, right? Well, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could know. It would be very nice. uh, We talked about that earlier. with Yeah, we talked about that with Amanda. It would be a great superpower to have, right? It would be. Yeah, yeah. Now, now listen, uh, you are a very interesting example here because when you moved to the Lower Mainland, we talked about this last year, You your property actually closed on July the 1st over here, did it not? It did. It closed on July 1st. Yeah. And so uh, the sale price actually represented the assessed value okay. um, as of that time. However, BC Assessment Authority... Uh, missed the mark on that one because uh, I think that they plugged it into the computer a couple of days beforehand. So my actual assessed value that came up on that property was wrong. Uh, was wrong. Okay. Yeah. And, well, you know, that actually happens fairly often. Uh, you'd be surprised at the number of times that the assessed value isn't correct. And there's a whole host of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. For, for, for example? Well, for an example, it could be that uh, there is a glitch in the computer algorithm. You know, it's it, they don't input all of the data for every single property because there's over 2 million pieces of property that are assessed every year. So they don't input all of that data every year. So they do put in representative sales, and then the computer uh, goes through a mathematical calculation, then it applies it generally. But if something has changed on your property, mm-hmm. um, then it doesn't pick that up. Yeah. So if there was a very recent transaction around the time of the assessment, say you bought a property um, on you know around the first, it may not pick that up. So if you paid less than the previous assessed value, then you may be assessed at a higher rate. You have a great 
bit of information to go to the appeals panel and say, hey, wait a minute. I actually bought this um, a couple of days before uh, your assessment. July 1st. And this was the, yeah, this was the value. And uh, I think you have a great uh, opportunity to, in that case, lower your assessed value. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about that now because we're on the topic, and, and it's about your book because you help people go and appeal their property assessments. Uh, why should somebody do that? Well, actually, in our book, we do a couple of things. We help them understand the property tax process, which is, I think, the first thing you need to do in order to uh, successfully appeal your property assessment. Um, but, the, you know, what we find is that, on average, only about 2% of property owners actually go through and take a look at their property assessment and then go through that appeal process. And it really should be a much higher number than that just because of all the things we just talked about. There could be changes in the property. There is, could be errors that have occurred over time that just compound over time. So it's very important to understand how that tax bill has been created and what you have influence over. You know, the average homeowner doesn't really have influence over the municipal budget, and they don't <laughs> have influence over the, over the global assessment. Yeah. But what they do have influence over is how all of that plays into their individual property assessment. And I think they need to really take a good, close look at that. And it's very simple to do. You can go online at BC Assessment Authority. They have uh, e-values. And check out what your neighbors are valued at. See if you find comparable properties. If your property is assessed well above comparable properties, you know you might want to take a look at appealing that particular assessment because something's gone wrong. Yeah. And as you as you mentioned, it's not like BCAA is picking on you. It, it could have been just something with the algorithm algorithm or something with the uh, the program, right? Yeah, BC, you know, I have a great deal of respect for the BC Assessment Authority, um, but they physically can't go and do a physical inspection and do a physical assessment on every single property of over 2 million pieces of property in BC every single year. Yeah. They have to rely on, on computers. And, you know, we all know that computers are not infallible. You know, we tend to believe that they are, but, you know, the program does sometimes kick out erroneous information. Um, and I use this example every year. So allow me uh, to use it one more time. Yeah, yeah. And that is my aunt and uncle bought a property in central Saanich and they had a beautiful ocean view. Well, uh, as you know, ocean view homes have a higher market value than of a course. home that doesn't have it. Yeah. But over 30 years, the, the trees between their house and that beautiful ocean view grew mm-hmm. and their view went from beautiful ocean view to secluded forest view. <laughs> yes. And as a result, the BC Assessment Authority, because they never challenged what was happening, uh, just continued to think, that computer program continued to think that they had beautiful ocean views when they didn't. So coming in and, and saying, no, I no longer have that, allowed them to do an adjustment on their assessed value. Yeah, because it is not BC Assessment's responsibility to look into these things. is actually you as the homeowner's responsibility to let the assessment authority know, right? That's 100% correct. What BC Assessment Authority does is it sends you its notification, which it's done, and says, look, this is what we think your home is worth. Would you please verify this? And if you do nothing, then you've agreed with them. But if you think that your home value is different, either more or less, and by the way, I, I don't think you should necessarily appeal if your house more. is worth more than they deserve. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you think that your house has been misassessed, then it's your responsibility to say, wait a minute, and they're happy to work with you. 
Yeah, that's the reason why they have the appeal uh, division or whatever it is, right? Yes, that's why they have the, the panel. And the panel is made up of volunteers. Yeah. Uh, and there are many panels throughout the province. And the process that you go through is before the end of January, you have to put in your notice of complaint, which is basically saying, hey, my assessment is not correct. Then uh, from there, they will schedule a 15-minute appointment for you to stand up in front of the panel. And here's one thing that a lot of people miss. They think that they can appeal based upon the services that they receive, and it's not that. What you have to deal with is how they went about the assessment process. And that's what our book outlines, so that you have an understanding of what, how did they come up with this value. And it has nothing to do with how often your garbage gets picked up or the, how well, much those are municipal fire services. protection is in the area. Yeah. Those are municipal services. They have nothing to do with the value of your home, per se. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something that people forget about every once in a while, is the assessment authority and your municipality are two different bodies. Like they're, not, they're not related, right? They're, they are definitely not related. And, in fact, the process that is used to come up with your property tax very briefly and at a very high level, is that the municipality independently creates its municipal budget for the year. Mm-hmm. And then BC Assessment Authority independently assesses the value of the properties uh, in the province and in your municipality. And then what happens is that the municipal budget is divided by the total assessed values. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but for mm-hmm. the purposes of our chat today, mm-hmm. I'll just say the total. And then that comes up with the mill rate. And that mill rate is then applied to the value of your individual property. So as I said, where you have influence is on the value of your property. But the municipality isn't out to get you. The (laughs) assessment authority is not out to get you. But it is up to you to verify all of that information. Well, and again, uh, the assessment authority has this avenue where you can appeal. And I want to remind our listeners here, we're talking with Peter Morris. He's the author of How to Successfully Appeal Your BC Property Assessment. Uh, what's the best way for people to get that, Peter? It's available in uh, print and Kindle uh, through Amazon.ca right. or as an ebook through attainmentpress.com. Attainmentpress.com. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great read. And uh, again, I, the important thing here is uh, for our listeners, sometimes people just say, you know what, it's too much of a hassle. Why should I bother doing this? I'm not thinking of uh, selling anytime in the near future. I'm not thinking of uh, whatever. The number looks wrong, but I, you know, I don't have time to, to, to go through all this process. And what you're saying, Peter, is it is worth it. Espe- even right now, if you're not thinking of selling for five or 10 years, you need to establish some sort of precedent here, right? Well, there's a couple of things that are important to outline here. Number one, it isn't that difficult, and we give you the tools. Once you understand how to do it, yeah. it's not that time-consuming. It's not that difficult uh, to put together your case and, and to present your case in front of the panel. But the other thing is this, uh, that we are now in an era where lenders, for an example, are looking at total cost of ownership. And so they factor in the cost of property taxes as part of that overall amount of money that they're going to lend you, mm-hmm. as well as utilities and other things. So it is very beneficial. You'll save money right now, but also could mean that you're positioning your property for better value in the future from a lending perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's basically thinking in advance here. Exactly. And you'll get savings uh, potentially year after year after year, and the issue won't compound upon itself like it happened to my aunt and my uncle. Yeah, 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 because they, uh, like you said, their trees were growing. So they, for many years, they would have had their view obstructed uh, because it's not like trees grow overnight. It would have been an, uh, a long period of time, right? 
Oh, yes. I mean, they went from beautiful uh, ocean views to ocean glimpses to secluded forest views. Yeah, over time. Yeah, and the other thing, too, Peter, I, I just want to piggyback on what you said a few minutes ago. Um, we are not villainizing the assessment authority here. The assessment authority has a really important role to play uh, in our community as far as determining your share of property taxes and everything. It's just people should have a better understanding about what the assessment is, right? Very much so. And people should understand how their property tax bill is created. And uh, once you know that, then it makes the system all more understandable. Perfect. Well, Peter, if people need to reach you, how can they do that? They can reach me. The best way is through the website, which is www.greensteadcg. Let me spell that for you. G-R-E-E-N-S-T-E-A-D-C as in cat, G as in golf, dot com. I'm going to put that on the uh, website, our page on the CFAX website as well, too. Thanks again for coming, Peter. I said to the ladies that we got to pre-book you for this time next year as well, too. It'll be your fifth visit, an annual uh, connection. Love hearing from you. Thank you for your help. My pleasure, and I wish everyone a very good Happy New Year. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And to our listeners, we'll be back for you this time next week.